St. Paul instructs St. Timothy, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Upper Room Media presents this Teen Matters talk, praying that it will firmly establish these virtues in the future of our church. Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. The gospel of this morning is 12 verses, but it is action-packed and full of amazing lessons for us, um, full of timeless truth. Um, And so let's go through the gospel together quickly. The first timeless truth is the importance of good friendship. So we see that there was these four friends and they rushed to their friend and said, have you heard? Have you heard the news? Jesus is around and he is healing everybody. Finally, this is your chance. And maybe the paralytic said, oh, it's too hard. It's too far. It's too embarrassing. Came up with a thousand excuses. Kind of like we might do sometimes, you know, on a Sunday morning or when there's a church camp or, oh, I've got exams or it's, oh, we're too busy or the class is too loud or whatever it is. A thousand excuses. His friends didn't want to hear it. No, what are you talking about? We have to go. So it's a very important thing to remember the importance of uplifting each other um, as friends and especially in the church. Another really important truth that we see is accepting things from the Lord in his time. There's a verse which is easy to pass by, but is really important, which is when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. If you just stop for a moment and think about the context. So word has spread that Jesus is teaching and that Jesus is healing. And everybody comes from left, right and center and says, yes, finally, this is my chance to to be healed. And then this paralytic comes in and he's got one thing and one thing only on his mind, which is that it's my time to be healed. No one can help me. No one can help me. There's no cure for my paralysis. And so maybe it was just completely out of sight, out of mind for him, the prospect of ever walking again. Until on this given day, he had this glimmer of hope. Yes, maybe today's the day. I I was not daring to even hope, but today I'm going to dare to hope. And then his friends lower him down. You can imagine the scene. And then you can imagine the moments of Jesus looking up, everyone looking up, making eye contact, and their hearts are beating What's going to happen now? What's going to happen now? Is this my moment? Is this my moment of healing? Am I going to walk again? And Jesus says, your sins are forgiven you. What? What? I imagine it's a bit like going to see the best specialist for this serious illness that no one can cure. And you wait six months for your appointment. And then you wait two hours on the day. And you're like, what's he going to say? What's he or she's going to say? What are they going to do? And they say, do you want a coffee? 
that's not what I'm here for. That's not what I'm here for. But this paralytic in his modesty doesn't say a thing. His friends in their modesty do not say a thing. It was the other people who just said, oh, why is Jesus blaspheming? Who can forgive sin except God alone? And then as the story continues, we see that eventually, yes, Jesus does give this paralytic and his friends the desire of their heart, which is healing. But he gives him so much more than that. He gives him forgiveness of his sins. And as we read in the Pauline, this man becomes an epistle written not with ink, but written by the power of the Holy Spirit, not on a tablet of stone, but on a human heart. He was a walking gospel, a walking you know, testimony of the power of God. Everywhere he went, even without a word, people would see him and would see the power of God and the glory of God. So he wanted healing. And the Lord gave him healing, but he gave him so much more than that as well. And that's another very important truth for us. You might come to the Lord with a very specific request in your mind. And it might not be healing from paralysis, but maybe an outcome in an exam. Maybe a leadership position that you're aspiring to. Maybe something that you want from the Lord. And then you come to him and he gives you something else. Learn from the example of this man today. Don't complain. Don't say that's not what I asked for. Don't say that's not what I'm here for. Don't say, why is this taking so long? Be silent and faithful and accepting the good things from the Lord in his time. He wants to give you good things and so much more than what we even ask for. Then there's this conversation where Jesus asks, which is easier to say to the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven you or arise, take up your bed and walk. What do you think? What's easier? What's easier to say? Jesus was asking them a question. And of course, it's much easier to say your sins are forgiven you. Somebody comes into the church today, paralyzed. And they come and they say, please pray, pray for this paralyzed person. What's easier for us as a church to say to that paralyzed person? Kids, oh yeah, your sins are forgiven. All good. <coughs> you can't really verify that. You can't prove or disprove that that word was effective. It's unseen. But to say, you know, rise, take up your bed and walk, that's a shocking thing to say. Because within moments, we're going to know whether your words mean something or not. So the Lord says to them and to us, do you want proof of the unseen forgiveness of sins? Let me give you something that you can see. Do you want proof of the unseen? Let me give you something that you can see. And this is a principle that the church takes in the sacraments. In every one of the sacraments of the church, there is something unseen pointing towards something that you can see. In the sacrament of the Eucharist, you can see the body and blood of Christ. 
the bread and the wine. But you can't see that when you partake of this, he abides in you and you abide in him, as we read in the Gospel of St. John. In baptism, what you can see is a screaming baby and some water, which is hopefully not too cold. What you can't see is death of this child and the resurrection as a new creation in Christ. In marriage, what you can see is two people. What you can't see is they walk out as one, united in the Holy Spirit. And so the Lord was telling them and telling us that there is, here is a physical proof of the unseen. And a couple more things. In verse 12, immediately he arose, took up his bed and went out in the presence of them all. And I love this word immediately, especially in the Gospel of St. Mark. Um, the word immediately comes up all the time. Some people speculate because St. Mark was writing to the Romans, who were men of war, men of action, men of the military, not too interested in the Old Testament prophecies, not too interested in philosophy. They wanted action. So the Gospel of St. Mark is the shortest, and we just go from action to action to action to action. St. Mark writing for his audience. So immediately he arose, took up the bed. And when the Lord stretches his hand and heals, that transformation is complete. So don't ever say that, look, I'm an angry person and that's just how I am and I can see no way out. Don't ever say that I'm a lazy person and that's just how God made me. That's my temperament. That's me. And maybe, maybe, maybe things will get better over many years. We have to have this faith that the Lord can look at me, see my weakness, see my paralysis, and that I will immediately be made well. And then the final phrase of the Gospel, the people were amazed and said, we never saw anything like this. We never saw anything like this. In other um, Gospels or accounts of this story, it says, we have seen strange things today. I love this verse so much. When was the last time in your walk with God that you said, I've never seen anything like this. I've seen strange things today. When was the last time that happened? I've seen strange things today. You know, how is it that we can say these words with the characters of the gospel today? We have seen strange things today. We'll see strange things today when we put ourselves in the presence of the Lord. When we are there listening to his word, listening to his teaching, as the people were there for today. When we accept from him what he gives us in his time, not in our time. When we recognize the power of the sacraments, something seen pointing towards something which is unseen. When we are faithful, when we are prayerful, when we are surrounded by a community of godly people encouraging and pushing. This is the recipe that's given to us by the gospel so that we can say we have seen strange things today and glory be to God forever.
This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.